All right, welcome everybody back to uh, another one of our recording sessions. Uh, I am really, really happy and grateful today to have a buddy of mine, Grant. Uh, he is the founder of Cause Artist, a fantastic media publication that covers kind of the, the best that exists out there in social enterprise world. We're lucky to have him. Grant, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, my brother. No, I appreciate it. It's always, it's always a welcome opportunity. For sure. You and I have done this. Uh, a couple of different times now you got to come and visit the actual classes uh now that we live in this like zoom world uh i am thinking to myself like man i should have reached out to him way sooner just to <laughs> talk just to yeah. talk i take so many different zoom calls throughout today but it's it's really good to see you man yeah no absolutely same here man and i hope everything's going well on your end and you know what a way to learn right what a way to learn and so you know shout yeah. out to all the the students because they they're going through it right now yeah it, it is hard for sure and we'll talk more about like COVID stuff in the industry here in a minute but one of the things that i was trying to convey to students too is that they are the most appropriately equipped to pivot and adjust for this mm. current situation than anybody like yeah. somebody who's you know 25 years into their career or something like that oh, they don't yeah. want to do this it's they don't want to yeah. like even humor the idea of it but for them there's so much more digitally native that they're mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. The social right. dynamics are kind of weird, but whatever. I'm fine. Yep. Oh, mm -hmm. they could own this moment. They could mm -hmm. own it. The Definitely whole idea is opportunity. Like, yeah, right. Remote work, being able to like compete with jobs that could be anywhere in the country now mm -hmm. and just showcase that you can work in this format. Oh, you'd be a really hireable person. So yeah, for sure. Anyway, we'll talk more industry stuff in here, but Please tell me more about Cause Artist and, and how you founded it and what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I founded it seven years ago now. It seems crazy, right? Been a been a crazy journey the past seven years. It, you know, it really just started out of a, a place of passion and just, I thought I needed in the market. There's just back then, you know, so long ago, there really wasn't a lot of platforms kind of spotlighting founders that were creating companies and brands with sort of an impact model embedded, right? And, you, of course, was, was one of them actually back then, one of the, sort of the originals yeah. that, that came out a while back. So it was really, it was really looking at kind of, I followed a lot of like sneaker blogs and, and things like that. And I was really a, like a sneaker head. So I used to follow that. And I was like, you know, it's just really, it's really interesting how you could just kind of spotlight like new stuff coming out. But I was like, you know, there's a lot of really interesting products and brands out here that are like actually doing stuff with their products after somebody purchases them, right? A real impact model within it and actually treating workers fairly and and and, and have much more of a an ecosystem built around the company from day one, right? Rather than, you know, making tons of money and then starting a foundation, right, as a company. It was embedded and ingrained in their DNA, which I really found was fascinating. And they found a way to be profitable doing it, right? To to be able to to give back and to be able to have that philanthropic angle with every product you bought. So, you know, it really kind of came out of the vein of, of kind of turning like a sneaker blog kind of element into um, the same type of structure, you know, digitally, but kind of dealing with like social issues and, and how business and product can, can solve them, right? So it really just came out of, you know, a lack of that being in the market. I thought it was interesting and cool. So I just, I just kind of started it. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, for all the years that you've been doing it and for as long as I've been following with you, you have told so many mm. stories about yeah. so many different social enterprises you would seem to have probably one of the largest repertoires of touch points with all of these awesome different brands that are 
putting a social impact model at the foundation mm -hmm. of their entire company's existence. That said, with so many different touch points that you've had with a lot of awesome, really, really cool companies, what, what gets you excited about a particular social enterprise? Like when you come across one, because there's different varying degrees yeah, of sure. impact yeah. sometimes. So yeah. like what, what gets you really excited about one? Yeah, I think ones that, I mean, like I said, take a 360 approach and look at it from who's making that product, where it's made, how it's made. Also the packaging too. I think packaging is actually a big deal that, that a lot of people don't really think about. I'll give you one example is that I had an interview with a, a founder that's creating a uh, sustainable and organic cosmetic line, right? And you think mm -hmm. of beauty and, 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 you know, skincare. And, you know, she was like, the one thing people don't think about is the waste in the industry. And she was like, if you look at our landfills, over 60% of the waste in our landfills comes from the beauty and cosmetic industry, right? So it was one thing that like, you know, I mean, you know, not being in the industry, right? Like not buying and like wearing makeup, like I don't know that side of things. So I still learn so much when I, when I interview these founders because they come from a different side of it, right? They, she worked at, like she came from Sephora and started the Sephora, you know, sustainability program there. And she came out of that and was like, everything needs to be disrupted in, in this industry, right? From like a, a sustainable uh, standpoint. So I, I like what she did because she looked at everything from, the organic side of the ingredients that they use in the skincare from the plastic that's on like the, the lip balm stuff that you don't even think about right like these things that can be repurposed and then also she was like the packaging needs to be you know biodegradable or totally recyclable or be able to set back to us easily so we can repurpose so i think looking at your industry and the issues that that entire industry faces and trying to solve a bunch of them within like your one brand or one product you even make, right? So that really is the stuff that, that really gets me excited nowadays. Cause you know, back then it was really coming out of the Tom's revolution, the one for one stuff, right? And it was like, that was like the first sort of episode, so to speak, that was like episode one, right? Or, or, or tier one. And now we're seeing like impact models innovate, right? So now we're, we're seeing companies really look at stuff and saying, let's add on to the one for one model, right? Let's let, what more can we do from an aspect of it? Like let's hire, like hire certain workers or, you know, make, make our products out of sustainable textiles, right? Not just use traditional cotton, but this hoodie's made out of recycled plastic water bottles, right? The technology yeah. is now available for brands to think differently of like how they make stuff, right? So that is huge too. The technology is catching up to where we could take waste out of the ocean and create fabric from it to where we can create new and different brands around, you know, these sort of innovations. So that's, what's really exciting right now. That's cool. Yeah. The idea of the whole innovation practice within social enterprise yeah. is one of the big points that we try to stress in the class is that, yeah, you're right. Tom's was like chapter one in the mm -hmm. whole situation. And it was like, well, they need a thing and we could sell a thing one for one. There you right. go. Right. Then you have some other people that come along that say like, oh, well, we give 10% to this or 5% right. to that or whatever. And it, it it's kind of like easy. It, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, I totally right. agree. Yeah. Versus, versus having to create something new that is more impactful through an innovation process. Mm -hmm. That's what every company is doing anyway, or hopefully, but with a social enterprise, it's innovation for more social impact. So there's that much more credence in its value to the rest of society. It's not just a, you know, a, a faster computer, although that is also a good thing, but it's mm -hmm. actually hopefully going to make the world a better place. So to me, that's always been like, you know, the high bar 
of a social enterprise is did you create a thing that did not exist before that makes the world better? Yeah, I mean, coming great. from the, I mean, touching on the computer thing for a second, I mean, if you look at what what's put in computers, right, and, and how those are mined, it's a very dark place. You, it, it, it's not very, it's not very, one, workers are not very tre treated very properly at all in these mining fields, whether it's in Africa or, you know, China or parts of, of Southeast Asia, you know, mining for, for this stuff is, is not a pretty business. You know, it's often, you know, it's often done by, by slave labor, you know, I mean, call it, let's call it what it is. You know, it's very detrimental to the environment, you know, so Fairphone is another company. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but yeah. I mean, they've really, really gone out of their way to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to make this practice of technology and like hardware, like actually sustainable and ethical, right? You can do this. We can, we can have fair trade uh, digital products like we have fair trade coffee, right? Like we have fair trade clothing. So I think innovation in, in that space is really interesting too, because I, it's just one area we don't really think about like, oh, we get this amazing machine in our hands and it does like everything and opens the world to us, you know, but a lot of the stuff we get comes from a lot of people being exploited. So, and, and that's difficult to deal with sometimes. So. I think more and more companies, you know, giving people an option to, to buy differently is, is an amazing thing. And I think we need to reward that. Yeah, for sure. And your, Fairphone is a great example. That's actually like the premier first example I always give for uh, students. It's, on it's one of the best companies it, in the world. Yeah, just the innovation model for it and being able to have the interchangeable parts and whatnot. It's like the idea of brand and iPhone and whatnot, like it's a good phone, but mm -hmm. it's not the only phone. It's not the only one that's out there. So, you know, it's more about what works for you, whatnot. Uh, that said, you mentioned a couple of other different things, social uh, issue wise. Are there any social issues that you think are not being as addressed as much as they could be through social enterprise? Because some areas get a lot more focused than others. Is there one that you've seen that's come across your company lately that you guys have had a chance to write about that you're like, oh, finally, somebody is tackling this? Yeah, I, I think that it's really tough to do. I'm really, really fond of, of a company called Career Karma and mm -hmm. the skilling of underprivileged sectors of our society, right? And I think it's become very amplified, like, like with COVID, right? Everybody works remotely and, you know, everybody needs to develop these new skills. But at the base level of things, not everybody has a laptop. You know, not everybody can work from Right, so if you had a job and, and, and now you're, you're, you can't even develop the skills to work from home because you don't have you know, this piece of equipment that allows you to, for the world to open up, right? So I would say like the skills gap to me has been one that is very difficult. It's just challenging, right? I mean, it just, it just is. But I think the skills gap for, for individuals to learn how to develop skills in this sort of modern world of, of learning how to, to use technology, right? Um, I think it's been something that's always been left behind because we, we, we depend on the government to reskill people or retrain people. And it's just not what they do, right? It's not what they do really well. And, uh, and so to see companies kind of come in and say, hey, we're going to, if you sign up, we're going we're gonna to give you a laptop, you know, to, to help you complete this course so you can learn JavaScript, right? And in nine months, we'll put you in a job, a high paying tech job, right? That's not available for people. In, in Compton, right, or inner city New Orleans or Baltimore, like, that was never a possibility to even know what a software engineer even was, right? How do you even get a job like that, right? So I think opening up job opportunities 
for people is an amazing opportunity to to really invigorate uh, these areas of our of our our great cities that you know have been left behind, right? Uh, because they just just had nobody's been looking out for them. So Ruben, he's Ruben Harris, the CEO of Career Karma, are doing an amazing work, doing an amazing job, and creating a company where they're allowing um, students from every part of the, of the city to, to get a laptop, to, to get these courses, train themselves, and then put them in the job opportunities, high paying tech jobs, right? I mean, it's, it's really an amazing thing to, to think that you could be a 21 year old and make $65,000 a year after one year of a coding bootcamp. That changes yeah. legacy, that changes the cycle of poverty very quickly, <laughs> right. you know? So that, that's something that is exciting to me is that is the ability for for uh, these new founders to come out and create these paths through, through tech. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I, I think it kind of speaks akin to this idea that poverty exists somewhere else. Mm, and yeah. a lot of times yeah. when I see other founders that are starting their social enterprise and they're like, this is a problem and I got to tackle it. For whatever reason, that problem is often somewhere far away. And sure. I kind of have to like, if I'm doing a mentor session, be like, yeah, but like, is there anything literally in your own backyard? Like not even your own country exactly. or state, yeah. literally your own city. Yeah. Do you just look around the block and be like, there's stuff yep. right here that you can do because you're the most adequately emptied for that situation to address it right there and then versus like, oh, I'm going to swoop into Africa somewhere and take care of a problem that I kind of maybe don't understand the full grasp of. And that somebody's great. doing great point. it in, in a really strategic way of identifying the skills gap and the skills slash the awareness to get the skills and then the equipment that's needed to advance those skills because that is a huge conveyor for socioeconomic stratification. And you it's can scale the impact, up. right? You can scale the impact because it, it, oh, yeah. the, ripple, the ripple effects go through every city, right? Yep. So, so that to me is you have to, the ability to scale impact very quickly is something that has been very difficult to do. It's just hard to do, yeah. right? I mean, it really just is. But, but if, if it's done well with good messaging and good branding, I, I like to always think of it as like, I would love to see the like coding boot camps have the same type of success and virality of say like your Roden and Fields, you know, multi-level marketing schemes that exist. Because instead 100%. of all those people that, that I knew from high school that didn't leave town and now they're trying to like hawk their wares on Facebook every day. I'd like to see them instead Brutal. taking that dedication and time and putting it towards a boot camp coding academy hey. that costs less money and would definitely get them out of that situation that they feel like that's their only way. And here's the, the kicker is that they they using another innovative thing and there's still a long way to go with income shared agreements called I, mm -hmm. you know isa's income shared agreements where the individual the student doesn't have to pay anything up front mm -hmm. right those agreements work is that uh, essentially it's free to get educated to get a job once you get a job you get then 10 percent of your earnings for the next five years back to back to the program mm -hmm. right so it's a way where people can invest in human capital essentially and that person can make a decision on, hey, you know, I'd rather spend, you know, $12,000 on this, but I don't have to spend it right now. I, I can, you know, over time, I can pay it back through my paycheck. But, you know, it, it's, it's a really amazing way for everybody to, to get high-end education without having to spend enough, a, a ton of money where a lot of people just can't do it, man. You know, it, it's just yeah. not, it's just not something that, 
that's that can happen but to your example i had a friend who did it he was had a biology degree had a really high paying job but he didn't like it so this was a real passion thing right he was like i, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life you know so he quit his high paying job went and drove for uber for a year while getting going through the coding boot camp to learn database engineering and in 12 months mm -hmm. he's got a, a job a, not a job, a career now that he loves. And he's, he's like, I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life, right? So uh, our thought processes change where, you know, if we're stuck in something, there's no, there's no escape from it. This is just our life and that's just not true anymore. And like, I always point to him as an example because it's a beautiful example, you know? He was just like, and he had a kid too, a, new, a newborn kid, right? To go home to your wife and say, I quit my job today because I'm gonna go do this. You can't, I mean, that is a really courageous thing to do <laughs> and yeah. you got to succeed, right? You got to put that, then you, you know, you have to put that work in, but if you are serious about doing it, I mean, you can change your life in a year now, right? So for a lot of people coming out of COVID, you know, it's a good transition to talk about that. I mean, there's opportunities for people to, to reskill themselves, right? And yeah. to take a next leap in, in their life and their career. And you just couldn't do that before. Well, I love that that comes from you know, the, the founding of a social enterprise that's looking to try to modify or improve upon like our structured educational system to give more empowerment to populations that may not have had access to that traditional route for education. Believe me, we're obviously in it in the traditional sense, sure. um, but that's not the only path. And sometimes it can't be for a lot of the rest of the world. And we have to make sure that we're stronger as a society not just for the few that can get to it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, social enterprise, that's that, that's that middle road that really can help, you know, eat, connect those two or fill the gap a little bit. And the, the one thing I also love about what, what, what he's doing is that there's no, there's no job. There's no job in the entire branding at all. It's all career, right? Mm -hmm. We always see our politicians talk about job creation. Oh, I, we created all these jobs. Yeah, but what type of jobs are they? We don't need more people working at McDonald's, right? And Wendy's. We need careers. We need to build mm -hmm. careers. We need you. We need our politicians, our governments, our companies to create careers, not just jobs. Jobs come and go, as we see, right? But careers is something very sustainable. You'd mentioned it, uh, COVID a second ago. You again, be it that you have so many touch points with so many different companies that you're writing about on on you know your site and on the platform for the publication. Have you caught wind or heard of any nuanced or different things that are happening now because of COVID and this like crazy wild time that we're living in? Well, I think, I think look, e-commerce e brands across all sectors, right? Uh, sustainable, ethical or not, I think are doing better and doing well, right? They're being discovered. Um, people just have more time. They're maybe Googling keywords that they haven't before and, and, and finding out new, new things, right? So I think brands who have invested time or winning, so to speak, right? They're doing well, they're doing okay. Going back to, you know, to the to the tech side of things and, and people who are usually left behind, right? Those are the people who usually suffer, you know, the more in these type of issues, right? The World Bank released uh, last week, for the first time in 20 years, extreme poverty is gonna rise globally rather than decrease, right? Yeah. So like for, there are a lot of social enterprises that are succeeding because they invested it digitally, right? But the people, you know, for, for half of the world who don't have the ability for that digital engagement, right, to help them in their future, they're just getting further and further left behind, right? And exacerbated by COVID, of course, 
also climate change and with sort of with sort of movement of populations and, and immigrants and refugees, what climate change does. So you kind of have this unfortunate perfect storm for individuals who are already on the other side of the digital divide, right? Maybe even the regional divide as well. Um, so I think that you know COVID has really actually helped a lot of companies and social enterprises because technology is so good. They've invested in their e-commerce online. They invested in their messaging. People can find them when they search digitally, right? But COVID on the other level, it, it, it's it, it's detrimental to extreme global poverty. And also, again, in, in America, you see the unemployment numbers continue to go up, right? But they're going to keep going up because this unskilled, the unskilled labor force doesn't have no anywhere to turn or they don't know how to turn. They can't even go to Google and search, you know, how to reskill myself or how to get quick jobs or whatever, right? Because they don't have that ability. So I think that, uh, of course, uh, anything happens, people who um, invest or, or companies and brands who invest for the long term have better times through this, right? Than, than people who, and, and companies who just don't, didn't, right? I mean, there's a lot of social enterprises that are physical in nature, right? If you're an event business, like buy good, feel good. You know, they're, they're, they had their big annual fair trade, you know, consumer product show um, in LA, right? Um, was supposed to be actually in October or July in October and it's completely canceled. So their, their business model is completely destroyed, <laughs> right? Like overnight, you know, very difficult. Right. But, but they, they pivoted a little bit to, to marketplace, to create a marketplace for their social impact brands that were going to have booths at their shows. But I mean, you don't get the same amount of people paying for tickets, walking into, you know, a social impact event, right. To have people explore and educate themselves on, on these products and these founders and these artisans. So I think physical social enterprises, of course, you know, are, are losing out, especially, you know, people who, who have, uh, you know, restaurants, you know, who employ people, you know, coming out of rehab, right, or, or coming out of a prison system, they were had the job opportunities to, to have jobs at, you know, local restaurants, and that has been depleted. Target is not giving people those jobs. Walmart's not, right? Like, so that's the thing is that our, these social enterprises usually, you know, extend their hand and see innovative approaches and believe in people. They don't just look at a resume, they look at a person. So those opportunities are now going away, you know, for those individuals. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different elements that happen, unfortunately, when things like this occur. So it's, it seems like the digitally native brands that already are leaning into that e-com space, yeah, that they totally. are kind of having, for lack of better words, an opportunity within this current situation. But yep. it is also obviously exacerbating a lot of other issues that, in one form or another, an opportunity for a social enterprise to get in there and help solve that issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that said, as, as new social enterprises emerge and as people seek out these career options, is there anything that you think a student should keep in mind as they go out into this, into this industry under the current situation uh, that is obviously something that we're going to have to work through? The number one, there's, there's two things. One, we can't really do really well right now, and that's travel. You know, I think travel always will spark and inspire something in you, no matter where you go. Like you said, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be globally. It could be, you know, go to a different city in your own state, right? Or, or go to a different state. Travel, you will always learn something. It is the greatest education tool ever. You can never not learn something by traveling. So I would always recommend that. And that is, you, that will instill so much in you creativity. It'll spark something in you if you're trying to find a direction 
or trying to create a business, right? Like travel will spark things within you for sure. And then the other thing is that something we talked about all the time, always keep developing skills, right? We, we have an opportunity to be much more skilled human beings than ever before. You can, you can create your own business, you know, by learning it, learning the skills yourself to do it, right? So I think always be learning, always be developing skills to where when things like this happen or other things, right, whatever it may be, you are uh, avail- you equip yourself with skills in the marketplace that will enable you to survive, right? To be a chameleon, to live in every room, right? If you're in the marketing department, you can listen and understand what they're talking about. If you're in the web department or, or the digital department, like you understand what they're saying and you can help them out. You can learn everything you can because you never know uh, what skill will be used in any area that you go off into, right? But being skilled, there'll always be opportunity for you. That's great. Yeah, always being a lifetime student. Just lifetime keep student. learning, always. Yep. I know I'm trying to, trying to do more reading, trying to even get into coding like that, where I've seen some mm-hmm. of those coding classes and been like, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool to learn. So good, that's great advice. Thank you again so much. Truly having time with you to be able to share with our students really, really means a lot. So I want to be respectful of your time and, and, and we can say goodbye for now. But if it's okay, would it be all right if any of the students reach out to you, maybe to connect or just say hi? Of course, Grant at causeartist.com. Easy peasy. Fantastic, man. Well, <laughs> thank you again for your time. Uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And uh, yeah, just hang in there, COVID style. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. Have a good one.